So this evening, I want to just pull a few thoughts together um, at the end of this weekend and um, yeah, and just see where we go from there. So I'm going to start by reading um, Acts from Acts chapter 2. Um, verse 1, and I'm reading from the message, but it's up on the screen. Look at that. Fantastic. Um, when the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. I'm just going to read that little, that little chunk for you this evening. Imagine for a moment, if you can, being there in that place with the disciples, just in that moment in, in Acts that I've read. There would have been this kind of atmosphere, I think, of fear. There would have been anxiety. They were waiting. They were there waiting, impatience maybe, fear as they faced the unknown. What on earth were they waiting for? What was this going to look like? How was this going to happen? Jesus had told them to wait, but why? What was going to happen? Who was this Holy Spirit? Would he really make a difference to their lives like Jesus had spoken about? Those few days spent together were uncertain times, and they would have felt like forever. It would have felt, even though it wasn't a long time, it would have felt like it took forever. They were united. They were passionate in prayer, waiting together. But it would have felt like a long time. But transformation did happen, as we just read. And just for a few moments this evening, I want to have a look at the shift that took place in those early believers before and after this first encounter with the Holy Spirit. So to have a look at what they were like before and after their encounter with the Holy Spirit. In that moment that the fire falls, like the, the message puts it like a wildfire. This, that sounds so exciting. And fills the believers. Their lives are transformed and all of a sudden they are stirred into action. They are stirred into action. Before they're filled with fear, they're filled with fear and worry. And when the Holy Spirit comes, they step out in courage, full of the Holy Spirit. And Peter is the perfect example of this. Okay, I want to read you. I'm going to re just read this to you because we have actually read this passage three times this weekend. I don't think we knew it, any of us, but we're going to, I'm just going to read it to you again. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And here we have Peter speaking to the crowds in confidence, in courage, in boldness, quoting scripture from Joel chapter 3. And he's full of courage, full of the Holy Spirit. He has this newfound confidence that the Holy Spirit has emboldened him with when the Holy Spirit came. Peter was full of passion and full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it flows out of him. And the people who are listening are dramatically affected by his words. And that's the difference that the Holy Spirit makes. You know, we could 
tell the funniest, most entertaining sermons up here and say the most incredible things and be really deep theologians and have great knowledge and share it all with you and have you laughing in fits in your seats. But if it's not anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, then it doesn't really touch your hearts. That's the difference. Peter was full of the Holy Spirit. He had been transformed and the people listening were dramatically changed and transformed because the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. But the encouraging thing for each one of us about the character of Peter is that he was so ordinary and so normal and he made so many mistakes. It wasn't that he had been chosen because you know, he was the most perfect one. He had messed up. He had made mistakes. No other disciple was pulled up or corrected as often as Peter. He made mistakes. While others may have thought certain things, Peter would say them. He would say whatever came into his mind at any given moment. He had denied knowing Jesus. He had failed miserably, but Jesus had recommissioned him And his life was transformed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, he had a new boldness and a new courage, and he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, just like Peter, when the Holy Spirit comes upon his people, we can no longer sit still. We can no longer stay still. We need to allow God's Holy Spirit to transform us, to change us, to equip us, and to move us. We can't just stay comfortable anymore. And I strongly believe that as I was preparing for this weekend, that God's been speaking to me about repurposing us, giving us a new purpose. And for some of us today, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to restore us and to give us that new purpose again. We've been exploring prophecy a bit. Last night we were looking at the um, prophetic and we were doing um, popcorn prophecy, okay, where we sat in a circle and we spoke God's word over each other's lives. And um, I just want to share with you an encouragement from a couple of weeks ago. Um, They won't even know that they were so encouraging, the people who are here this evening. But um, this is what happened a couple of weeks ago. We were in our small group um, on one Wednesday evening. And we were talking about vision for the church, and we were looking at lots of different things. And someone said, um, I think that Shiloh is a bit like the repair shop of the TV, okay? It's a bit like where people can come and be restored and repaired and then go off made anew and being transformed and having a new purpose. And I thought, I really like that picture. I really like that picture of people coming here and uh, being repaired. I don't know if you've seen that TV show, but you might have heard of it where they take old things in and they get restored and they they go out new. Um, But I thought, I really like that picture of us being at God's repair shop, you know, where people can come and go out with a new purpose. And then on, that's on the Wednesday, then on the Friday... And we just had a little letter in the office and it said that someone had just been spending time with God and they just felt that God was saying that Shiloh was God's repair shop. Two people in just a couple of days. Quite a random kind of thought, but it came in two places. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. I love it when God speaks to two totally random people not random people, but two random people, um, and speaks to them different people, but says the same thing. Because you think that is incredible. That's amazing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit um, repairs us. 
He lets us see, he helps us to see that there is hope beyond our failure. There's hope beyond the brokenness and the messes and the mistakes. And when we look at something that looks like it has no purpose anymore, that we would just throw out. He, he gives it a new purpose again. He does that with us. So often God uses the weak, not the successful. He has a purpose beyond our failures. You're so much more than your past messes and past mistakes that you've made. The world might want to simply write us off and kind of put us out in a sack and put us on the side ready for the bin collection. That's what the world might want to do with us, but that's not what Jesus sees in us. That's not what Jesus wants to do with us. God doesn't look at our history or our low self-esteem or our worry or our anxiety, the views that other people have of us. God doesn't look at those things and he doesn't restrict what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you because of those things. That's not what God sees. He wants to give you a new purpose beyond what you can even imagine on your own. He wants to repurpose us. The powerful equipping of the early believers in Acts that we just read is not just for that moment, but it was to um, let, set free, unleash the church into supernatural gifts and to see the supernatural being used and set us on a mission that was quite literally to change the world. That's what we were set on fire for. And in a sense, we, were, we are restored. We're filled. We're set on fire. We're given new purpose, new passion, new vision to go and transform those lives around us. And if today you're sitting here and maybe you're fearful and maybe you're kind of sitting here and... Um, you're feeling like that a little sheep that's kind of a bit fearful and afraid. And actually, you've really enjoyed this weekend because you're with your little flock. And it's really nice just to huddle together and be together and be safe and enjoy being together. That's okay for a bit. But actually, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us and embolden us and to make us unstoppable to make us faith-filled believers who want to share the good news with those around us rather than just staying here. God's Holy Spirit is so that we go out and we can be unstoppable. When the early Christians, when they accepted Jesus and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they did so knowing that it might cost them their lives. This was a decision that could really cost something it could cost them their lives. They may have to die for their faith, yet they still chose to follow. They still chose to follow. They gave their life to Jesus, no matter what the cost. Now, today, it might not be our lives physically, but it might be really hard. It might be our reputation. It might be our reputation that it's going to cost. It might be um, a relationship. It might all sorts of things. It costs us. It costs us to follow Jesus? Are we willing to do that for Jesus? When we're transformed by the Holy Spirit, when God's love completely consumes us, when we have an understanding of what Jesus did for us, when it really sinks in, when we really know what Jesus did for us and has done for us, we can't help but be compelled to share that with other people. It's like going back to our first love, you know, when you're so excited that you've met Jesus and you want to tell people about Jesus. Are we excited 
and tomorrow to go back into our work setting? Are we excited tonight to go back into our family situation, into our neighbourhood, to share what we've been doing? How's the conversation going to go tomorrow? What have you been up to this weekend? How's it going to go? Is it going to be like, oh, I've done some usual stuff, you know, and maybe I went to church, you know, like those sorts of things. Or is it going to be, you know what, I went to church yesterday and you never believe this, we prayed for someone and they were healed. It's exciting, isn't it, when we can share what God's doing. It takes courage, it takes boldness, but we want to share what God's been doing. And that's exciting. If the answer is actually, I'm really scared, I can't do that, I'm going to go, oh, I had a go okay weekend and I'm going to carry on, then maybe we need to, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit again. Maybe we need a refreshing and a restoring and a releasing. So what's ne- what now? What's next for us? What goes on from here this weekend? What do we do tomorrow? We need to press in for more. I like to think of it like we just set off the, out the starting blocks and now we're on the racetrack and we have to press in for more. Press in for more. How do we use, do that? We use what we've been given What have you received this weekend? What has God given you this weekend? What's happened in you? What are you going to use that God has given you this weekend? When we experience the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't simply stay in within this building, however nice it might be to do that. We were talking over dinner and said, wouldn't it be nice just to create a little Shiloh commune where we all sort of ate together and then went off to bed and saw each other for breakfast in the morning. And then, you know, some of you are like, what are you talking about? But um, some people were saying that, which was very nice. Um, But we've been empowered to go and make disciples. We aren't meant to be in this bubble. Um, We're meant to be out, okay? We're empowered to go out, okay, and make disciples. And perhaps it's time for us to look at, I've said this before, what we do as a church. What is church? Why do we do what we do? What's it for? Maybe we need to ask the question, is this the plan what, that God has for our church to save our island? Is this, what, is this what he wants us to be doing? And if it's not, how do we journey towards what God does want us to look like? And if it is, then great, let's do more. Alan Scott writes, it's hard to reach a city when we stay in the building and when our ministry models revolve around expanding our services. Gathered environments grow churches, scattered servants reach cities. That's really exciting. Scattered servants reach cities. He doesn't suggest that we never gather, but he suggests that we, there is a need to scatter. There is a need to scatter. That's why it's so exciting to do things where we come together, but we also go and do Love Your Neighbour, that we also go and do Beach Clean, that we go and play football and invite friends to join us and have fun with us. We need to scatter as well. We gather and we scatter. And as we keep praying, worshipping, reading the Bible, being filled with the Holy Spirit, as we keep having fun together, as we keep laughing together, crying together, as we keep eating together... It serves as the fuel to send us out to do the Great Commission that we've been called to do, which is to go and make disciples. This is a fueling to do the Great Commission. So tomorrow morning, where do I go from here? Can I encourage you to have a go at hearing from God in the situations that you are placed in tomorrow? 
Ask God, what are you saying in this situation? And allow the Holy Spirit to give you boldness because it's really quite scary. We won't get it wrong. We will often make mistakes. You know, I once went on a prayer weekend and we got taught how to pray. And I was so bold and impassioned and I was like, I'm going to go and pray. And we got told, go and pray, pray on the street, pray for people and everything. So I went home and I was thinking, yeah, I'm really feeling bold. And I, um, I went home and then I needed some milk or something. So I went for a walk to the shop and on the way to the shop, I saw this mum pushing a pram and it had a little girl in, in the pram and I vaguely knew the mum um, and she had a disability little girl and I was like hi hi and I was like can I pray for your, your daughter I can't think why I did that now can I pray and uh, she was like yeah 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 I'd love you to pray actually so that was really lovely I thought yeah great so I prayed for this this little girl and she screamed at me and she screamed at me and she screamed at me and she had a massive tantrum at me and I kind of went bye to the mum <laughs> see you later with her pram the screaming off down the down the lane looking at this crazy lady who had offered to pray um, for her daughter so we will make mistakes sometimes <laughs> was that a mistake maybe it wasn't maybe God has done something amazing there are plenty of other times when someone has said to me this situation in my life is happening and you could easily say oh I feel so sorry for you hope it gets better but then you can slip in I'll be praying for you you know and it's in those times when often someone comes back to you and said you know what I'm really grateful for your prayers because this situation changed and it takes boldness even just to put in that little line sometimes and courage but that's what the empowering of the Holy Spirit does in our lives Let's just have a go. Let's just have a go. And let's be excited when we see the things of God in our everyday situation. Later in Acts, in chapter 3, we read a lovely little passage about Peter, who was approached by a beggar. And he's asked for money. And Peter says, I have no money. He says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do give you in the name of Jesus, walk. And the beggar, the man, in that moment, the man was healed. How quickly, when we're faced day by day with problems, do we offer a practical human solution? And we quickly say, oh yeah, I can do you this, I can help you with this. And uh, we look for an earthly solution when we have a relationship with the living God who is in control of everything, who has control of everything, who has the answer to every question who has this, uh, an answer to the situation of every problem that every, uh, of anyone that we're ever going to meet. That's what it means in walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing Jesus into everyday situations. And my prayer is that this weekend we will know a new boldness. We'll have a new boldness through the empowering of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can bring transformation outside these walls. Really excited. Won't it be exciting next week if someone says, you know what, I was in my work situation, I was in my school and someone was unwell and I prayed for them and they got healed. Wow, what amazing thing. This is what it means. It means it's time for us to get radical. It means it's time for us to get radical, to be bold, to be courageous, to take ourselves, you know, to get out of the boat, you know, to to take ourselves um, into deep waters where we haven't been before. 
That's what it means to be bold in the Holy Spirit. Maybe we can relate to Peter tonight. And uh, we need some prayer because when those challenging moments come, we just find it a bit too tough to speak up for Jesus. It's really tough. It's really tough in your work situation. It's really tough in your RS lesson at school. It's really tough to say, actually, no, I'm a follower of Jesus and I believe this. It's really tough. Maybe we need a new boldness. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Or maybe today you feel like you need to come to the repair shop and allow the Holy Spirit just to bring restoration into your life. Restoration and a new purpose. You need to leave this weekend knowing that you've been repurposed. You look at everyone else and you think, oh, they have it all together. They don't actually. They don't actually. But we need to repurpose, allow God to give us that purpose again through the anointing of his Holy Spirit.